Hey, Georgetown, this is Maverick. And I'm Jake. And welcome to the GBC Empower podcast. Do you it's, like that name? The GBC Empower? I love it. Do you think it. we should change it? No. Oh. Absolutely. I hate change, actually. I do, too. I think we should keep it the same for the next 100 years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe you can already tell what we're going to talk about. But first, uh, if this is your first podcast listen to, man, we're so glad that you're listening. Or this is your 33rd, because that's how many podcasts we have out, man. Well, then thank we you for sticking. We are big time. We are big time. <laughs> we're, hey, we're learning and we're growing uh, just as much as you are. We love your feedback and all that stuff. But anyways, let's I'll go ahead and dive in, because I think this could be... A very interesting podcast. Controversial. Controversial podcast. Okay, who'd you vote for? No, I'm just kidding. Um, Nader. (laughs) This is awful. Okay, the question for the day is, what should a transitioning church keep in mind? So it is no secret that we are growing, we're transitioning and stuff like that. So this might be a question that you're thinking about or anything. So please uh, listen as as we drill Jake with this question. So Jake, what should a transitioning church keep in mind? Let's let's add some context for sure. Yes. So um, Georgetown's been a amazing church for a long, long, long time and has been one of the most welcoming places, uh, has had phenomenal pastors, phenomenal leadership, and um, I've only been a part of it for just under a couple, you know, a couple of years. Couple years yeah. But what I've seen in my time is an emphasis on um, people growing together in community, but with that, people willing to humble themselves and and let someone disciple them. And you know, we've seen a lot of people discipled. We've also seen some people step up in that discipleship and make the decision of, I'm going to lead a new class. Yeah. I'm going to be a part of a new ministry. I'm going to join our um, ministries we've always had, try to make them better. Um, so what has resulted is a church just trying, not perfectly, not even close to perfectly, but, mm-hmm. but doing their best to just say, you know what, God, I want to do what you want to do. And, uh, as a result, the Lord has has really blessed our congregation with getting to meet a lot of new people, mm-hmm. and uh, and I'm grateful for that. We we love to see people come and check out what Georgetown's doing. That's why we started this podcast. We we yeah. want to increase the communication flow. Um, so here recently, um, the last several months, but here uh, since the year started, we've seen a lot of people showing up on Sunday mornings yeah. compared to what, what I've seen since we've been here. Um, we've had to look around the building for chairs yeah. uh, to to put into the worship center, um, but but we also have been trying to figure out where to put people on um, during the nine o'clock Sunday school hour mm-hmm. during uh, Wednesday night midweek. And we've just got groups meeting. Um, and, and I told the entire church this a couple of weeks ago. I said, I can safely tell you that every possible meeting place in the church building is being used on Wednesday nights. Which, so, which that's just insanely exciting. Like I love that we're growing on Sunday mornings and stuff like that. And that's oftentimes where we see our growth and it, and it's great. Like that's fantastic. I am not taken away from that, but I am so excited that our Sunday school is growing, that people want to get here even earlier, you know, wake, wake up early and, and get here and be a part and be a part of a Sunday school. And then I also love that Wednesday night is growing uh, insanely well, um, just like Sunday school, just like uh, Sunday morning service, where people are taking out another day um, in their schedule, in their in their busy lives. And like, yeah, like classes are, are full to the brim, like every single room is being used. And in fact, we even had to um, 
rearranged the children's building where now that is a multi-purpose uh, building now. Yes. It's, it's exciting, but it also creates concern. Yeah. Um, and listen, change is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I've been a Dallas Cowboys fan way too long and, and I'm never going to stop cheering for him because I'm stubborn. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, next year's the year, you know, just like <laughs> it is every year. It is. Right. It is. But at the exact same time, you know, the Lord has had to work on my heart, uh, when it comes to transition, when it comes to understanding what it means to grow and, and friends, please don't hear from us that we're trying to brag to you because Mm -hmm. we're not. Um, there are four ministers on our staff Mm -hmm. and you know, the Lord uses us, we, you know, daily to do what we can do. But the reality is, is a lot of the growth has come from our lay members stepping up and, and just, doing well, you know, doing what God's called them to do, people inviting their friends. So um, God is blessing, but we also have to transition through that. So that's the context. I don't know if that was explained well or not, but that gives you a little bit of an idea if you're just trying to understand where we're coming from. But, you know, I think it's important to recognize um, that change is necessary. Yeah, absolutely. Change is necessary. And, And when you hear that, don't think like, oh, we're going to change how we, you know, we're going to change the gospel. We're going to, you know, change this, change that. No, 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 no. We're going to preach the gospel every single Sunday, every single Wednesday. Like the gospel never changes because it never has to. It's perfect. Jesus is perfect. So we're not changing that. So Jake, what are we trying to change or, or what, I mean, change is necessary. So what, what are we doing to change? Now, if you're a hardcore Baptist, which I, I is a hardcore Baptist, <laughs> Um, you might hear the word change is necessary and go, well, that's not found in the Bible or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm joking. Um, have you, do you know how many Baptists it takes to change a light bulb? Uh, you say this all the time. Change, change. change. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, but I will say change is a biblical thing. I mean, you look mm-hmm. all the way to Israel mm-hmm. when the nation began to grow and, you know, Moses, he had to, uh, he had to change his leadership pattern in order to be able to continue doing his job. And it took his father-in-law coming to tell him, Hey, you can't do this by yourself. You got to raise up some judges. Um, you know, the Israel nation went through ebbs and flows, but when you get all the way to the early church, how in the world do you go from being a gathering of 120 people whose leader just ascended to heaven and left you on earth? And he said, Hey, go make disciples. That was the, that was the, uh, that was the lesson. How do you grow from 120 to one sermon is preached and 3,000 people all of a sudden identify themselves as Christians? This is a biblical concept. Change is necessary because the gospel changes people. Yeah. Um, if, if you can't believe in change as a Christian, then you don't understand the gospel because the whole point of the gospel is that therefore, if any man is in Christ, the new um, has come, the old has passed away. Um, so change is inevitable for the church, but it's not changing your method. It's not changing your message. It's being willing to do what you have to do to be able to share an unchanging message to the rest of the world. So how do we do that here at Georgetown? Um, so Maverick, would you share a little bit more of like biblical emphasis of what it means to change in the early church? Yeah, yeah. So Acts chapter 6, and I'm just going to start in verse 1. Uh, it says, Now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribu- uh, distribution. 
And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good reptile, full of the spirit and wisdom, whom will appoint to this duty. So basically what's happened, and as like Jake said, is the early church is growing, and it is growing rapidly to the point where they want to preach the gospel, and that is important. But then these people are like, hey, we want you to to serve these people who are being neglected, who who are are early baby Christians who who need um, people to be around them, surrounded them. I mean, we we do the same thing here. And so it's like, well, we don't want to give up preaching, but this this problem needs a solution. So basically, we're we're going to pick seven deacons to go out and serve the people that we preach to so that they are built up. So then they can help serve baby Christians. And there you go. There you have it. It's just uh, a, a rolling wheel that never ceases to stop. But if you've been in church a long time, have you ever been in what you would think of my, a mindset of, I feel overextended as I already am. And then someone comes to me with a new idea of something we need to do. It is really easy to go, Hey, I, I, sounds good, buddy, but mm-hmm. not here. Okay. We yeah. are, we're satisfied with where we're at. We're satisfied with what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're just going to stick with where we're at because we've already seen God do things that we could never believe. How he would take that even further, I can't even comprehend that. If the apostles would have had the attitude that that I've had in my life as a minister, that I've seen a lot of churches have in their mind, um, then then it's we don't get to twenty eight chapters of the book of Acts. We yeah. get we get like seven or eight. Mm-hmm. But they were able to identify these are new believers, and they made a decision that they chose to live in what was called shared leadership, and they rose up leaders amongst themselves to be able to accommodate the needs of the Hellenistic Jews and their widows. And um, what happens when that happens? More people can hear the gospel. More people can be mm-hmm. ministered to. So change can be hard. Um, you know, the transitions that we've had to make over the years, back in the early 2000s when people were arguing about the type of music that we sang in church, or people were arguing about trying to make the church building a little bit more of an inviting space to people yeah. that aren't as religious. Um, we've seen this happen in, in our modern history, and it's happened in church history. But when you begin to identify, I'm willing to adapt so more people can know what I know then you are walking right on path with biblical guidance. And in in Georgetown, we have to have that same mindset. Yeah, it's it's a uh, I I preached uh, D now Sunday, and I said, you know, uh, all problems. You know, oftentimes we think problem all problems are bad. I don't agree with that. Problems are inconvenient. Right now, just in our church, and again, like I don't want us to seem braggy. This is just a situation that we're in, and we, and we understand other churches are in different situations. But what we're all in unison of is we want to preach the gospel, and we all have problems, and yes. they're all inconvenient, and they all take faith um, and, and giving it to God so that we we can grow. And so we're we're adopting. Acts chapter six, uh, we're adopting that mindset so that like, yeah, as we're growing, we're just going to have to build up leaders constantly, constantly. And there's going to be new ministries because of it. Well, this year, last year, our deacons met and they prayed for over two months of the Lord to raise up an an additional deacon or deacons. And that resulted in in approaching the Henderson family and asking Mm -hmm. Keith Henderson to become a deacon in our church. But through that prayer time, there are other people 
that that are continuing to be prayed about because even our deacons who have served many years, um, we have deacons that have served so long that every one of them have been a chairman. And, um, and mm-hmm. I desperately want more men to learn that type of leadership. Yeah. And in order to do that, you have to open the table. You can't close it. The moment you close the table, and this, is, this isn't just for deacons, this is just the church Everybody. in general, um, then we begin to limit what the Holy Spirit is, is actively already doing. And we don't want to hinder or quench the Holy Spirit. No, no. And so it brings us uh, to our next point of like, okay, so what should a, trans- a transitioning church keep in mind is know that change is necessary, but also you're going to lose comfort. You're going to lose comfort. Yep. You know, when when I was in youth, oftentimes the youth minister and even the pastor, they would preach like, man, if you are in your comfort zone, you are not in the right place. You need to get outside of your comfort zone. And oftentimes like, well, that means I must be preaching on a street corner or, you know, pre, you know, all that stuff. And why those things are good. But oftentimes it was it was more internal. It was like, yeah. hey, is your youth group, you know, are you content with it? And I was I was like, yes. I really like my youth group, you know. Well, I didn't want it to change. Our society, you know, looks at people that embrace uncomfortable situations and we, we kind of treat them like a leper a little bit, Mm -hmm. but you know, you go to a CrossFit gym, there's people in this gym doing things that if you just want to sit on a couch, you're like, why are you doing this to yourself? Why are you wanting to be so fit? Why do you want to turn that tractor tire? (laughs) Yes. Like, have you lost your mind? But you haven't people that are doing that haven't lost their mind. They're, they're walking into a situation and putting their body in a position that makes it uncomfortable so that they're in a position to be able to do more. I know people that, that when they embrace that type of lifestyle, they'll be in their sixties and seventies and they can still play basketball with their kids Yeah, too soon. Bart Perry, I know, but, (laughs) but a lot of people, you know, they, they do that because they want to, they want to be able to be in a position where they can continue to serve. Well, how does that look in our church? Um, I'll give you just one just simple story. This is a simple way of embracing uncomfortable. Um, several months ago, Donna Hughes came to me, Donna's taught, Bible studies for several years and had kind of taken a hiatus in her life and honestly kind of thought maybe it's, maybe I'm no longer going to do that. Mm -hmm. Holy spirit comes and talks to this sweet saint of the Lord and says, I want you to start a Bible study for ladies in our church uh, with an emphasis on ladies that maybe their husbands went to be with the Lord. Um, And we don't want these ladies to come to church and not have a place to go. So we started the joy and the journey Sunday school class and Donna and I in my office, we prayed that five women would come that, that five women would come and participate in this Bible study. Maverick, that was like five months ago, and there are so many women, and it's not just elderly women. There are just women coming who desire to be together. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, a lot of these ladies, they really like to put tables up in their classroom because they can set their Bible on the table, set their coffee on the table, and it just makes it easier to... Mm -hmm. I mean, right now we're having a podcast, and I got everything set on the table, Um, but in order to accommodate all the people that are coming, and, and I've... We are actively trying to create a Sunday school space for Donna's class. Yeah. And I am working so hard to try to figure out how to make that happen. Donna called me and said, Pastor, we got rid of our tables because we're trying to make this room as suitable as we can so that when these ladies come in and visit, that they don't feel like there's no room for them. So go ahead and try to find us a room. But you know what? I think we're going to be okay for a few more weeks or maybe a few more months. 
That is embracing the uncomfortable for the sake of the gospel. Yeah. Well, and it, and it's like we had to do the same for the college room. I mean, the, these stories are all throughout. We we are having to make room because God's just doing a mighty work. And in for him to continue to do that, we just have to keep going by faith and yep. understanding that, yeah, we're probably not going to be comfortable but, you know, Jesus didn't live his life very comfortably. So you and I have been to the movies before, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. We've been twice. to the Twice. Yeah. Great experiences. Perfect. But, experience. but, you know, Maverick, I've noticed when you and I go to the movies together, you know, we're not with our wives, just a couple dudes at the movies. Yeah. We, we There always seems to be a seat in between our seats. What do you, what do you call that seat? Call it a buffer seat. The buffer seat. The buffer seat. I love the buffer seat. I love the buffer seat. I, I like to call it the nacho chair. I'll <laughs> set it down and put the nachos there. It's nacho chair. Yes, but we we just do things like that. You know, we, we create buffer seats because it just makes you feel a little more comfortable. You know, living in Texas, I love the giant parking spaces that I can park mm-hmm. my car. But whenever I've gone to the West Coast or the East Coast, people don't have big parking spots because there's mm-hmm. just not enough room. Well, the church, we like to have buffer seats too. But when you're a growing church, you have to accept the fact you may just have to sit next to that person you've never met before because yeah. we got to have room. We have to have room because we want every person to be changed by Jesus Christ. Um, so that kind of segues into the fact that a transitioning church has to be willing to make friends with strangers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tough to do though, if you're not used to it. But when you constantly have somebody walking in the door that you've never met before, um, what's a way to make sure that they're not going to come back the next week? Uh, you don't talk to them. <laughs> that that yeah. That's one way. Uh, you treat them like a leper, like, okay, you can sit over there or, or you can't sit here because, you know, my, you know, I sit here, you know, all that stuff. Like yeah. there, there's a few ways you can do it. Do you deal with it in youth ministry where the same kids get so used to seeing one another that sometimes they don't know how to handle <clears throat> a visitor? Every single year we add new middle schoolers because that's just the way it goes. We graduate some and we bring some up and, and roughly about the first month, it's rough. Yes. Like it, it's hard because it's like, oh my, you know, there's just different personalities or they're learning and I always encourage just uh, our, our people uh, that have been here th- there for a while, even the eighth graders, you know, and I'm just like, hey, we have to love on them because they need to be here. They yes. have to be here. I've been in, and this isn't just churches, I've been in situations where I feel like I'm at another family's family reunion. Mm -hmm. And you walk in and everyone looks so comfortable with each other, but it's a closed group and you just feel like you're in the way. Yeah, You feel like this isn't where I'm supposed to be. And um, something that I hear people say about Georgetown, and, and I've heard them say it about other churches, but I've heard people say, when I walk into this building, I feel like I'm home. Yeah. That is a huge statement because when you say, I feel like I'm home, that means that you don't think that you're being sent away. You don't think you're being encouraged to go down the road. You're, you're, you're saying without saying, this is where you belong. Be with me, sit at my table, join my family. Well, when you begin to see a church grow like they can, we have to defend that as much as we can, which means our welcoming team that's standing in the lobby, they're doing a great job, but we need, we need people to just all join the welcoming team yeah. and invite people to sit with them. Don't, don't wait for a person to decide to sit with you. Invite them to come sit by you. Wave at them, even if you don't know who they are. They may think you're crazy, but if you have the love of Jesus in your heart, that'll overcome them going, why is this person who doesn't know me asking me to sit with them? 
Yeah. So, so basically, when we're talking about, man, what, what should, I mean, really, we're asking, what should Georgetown keep in mind? Like, as we're entering this new season, that, that's basically the question we're asking. We're, we're telling you, we have to, all of us, we have to be more like Christ. It, and we have to be like Christ on, on the Monday and Tuesdays and the Wednesdays, you know, like stuff. Like, we have to be like Christ on, on every day, not just like the special occasions and stuff like that. Like, we have to be like Christ where he's calling Zacchaeus out of the tree. We have to be like Christ when he's sitting at the table with sinners. Like, we have to be like Christ um, in everything that we do. We have to walk by faith, give everything to him, and, and really that's what we're doing. Uh, this past Sunday— uh, if you were here, or or if you know you're listening to this later, I, I preached this last Sunday on, on Colossians uh, chapter three, and these are the first couple verses. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Like, what should we be thinking? Is man, am I thinking about heavenly things? Am I seeking things that are above, or am I seeking comfort? Am I seeking uh, contentment? Um, and you know what? I don't believe we are. But this is just an encouragement. Hey, keep fighting, keep having faith, and and keep doing what you're doing. So what you're saying is, is these concepts aren't new. They're not new. Not at all. To be hospitable, to you know, embrace the um, you know the uncomfortable, to recognize that change is necessary is actually not a new concept. It's yeah. it's something that God has called us to do. But listen, I can promise you there are some changes that we will never adopt. Like Maverick, you, nobody has to worry about me having a gold earring, you know. Dang it. People are like, man, that church is growing. Did the pastor add an earring? They're going to start wearing beanies on stage. Yes. Like, Sorry, has, no. has, has he become a hipster? Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's our worship pastor, not the pastor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ryan, I love you, buddy. Yeah. But like, we are just going to be ourselves. Yeah. But but these changes are just because we just want to be a family that's available to anyone who needs to hear Jesus. And that is the only goal of, of encouraging our church to change. Absolutely. Well, anyways, that was, that was podcast number 33, just a super controversial podcast. Be yes. more like Christ. I know, it's crazy. I made fun of our worship pastor who's in charge of our website. He could delete this anytime he wants. He could. And it's okay. I wear, I wear sweaters <laughs> to church all the time. It's fine. I'm with you, Ryan. I'm the only one that knows how to dress the way a pastor should dress. Yeah, you're Baptist. It's fine. <laughs> That's not true. I just, I just, I'm lame and I just pick the same clothes every Sunday. So. You, you wear, uh, can I share this? Can yeah. I share this? Most of Jake's clothes um, are from people who pass away. Yes. So if you listen to the podcast, you stay to the end. There's something about Jake. Sometimes it pays to be the only 2X in the room <laughs> because when the 2X guy goes to be with the Lord, they're like, we got to find these shirts to go to somebody. Anyways, there this you, podcast took a turn. <laughs> this took a turn. You learned something that you didn't learn. And, and I look forward to the, I'll know who listened to this. Who am I going to give my shirts to whatever <laughs> I go to be with Jesus? Oh gosh. Anyways, I, thank you so much for listening. Uh, focus on the first half. Be like Christ. Anyways, <laughs> love you guys. Take care and we'll see you soon. Bye.